Hey y'all, I'm Reese, and welcome to Making Meaning. Making Meaning is a podcast by the Cohere Collective, here to help guide you along your path to make meaning in a way that makes sense for you. This week, I am once again all on my lonesome, picking up with our bonus episodes in between our bi-weekly episodes, and it's late on a Sunday, and I am in my PJs, my lounge clothes, and my glasses, so you are getting all natural Reese today, and that is purposeful, because today I want to talk about authenticity. I think that's really all I want to say for the intro, besides, if you are on YouTube, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, give this video a like, give me a comment down below. If you are on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and leave a review. All of those things, yes, do really help to support the podcast, spread the word but also the comments, reviews, and any sort of messages that I hear from y'all really, truly mean the world to me personally, but I also try really hard to incorporate that into the content that I make, both with the podcast, Making Meaning, and with the Cohere Collective as a whole. So you are a part of this community just as much as anyone else, and I want to hear your thoughts. So with all of that being said, let's take a deep breath and get started. Okay, so authenticity. Um, The main reason why I wanted to, and now I'm feeling like awkward, of course, because I'm starting to get vulnerable and I'm like, ooh, how do I sit? How do I normally sit? Because talking about yourself is weird and now I feel weird. (laughs) Okay, here we go. I'm gonna adjust real quick. It is really, really hard for me to be honest, even here in this community that I have created as a place for like-minded people to come together and be honest about our journeys, about how we make meaning, about how we wanna live our life. And yet, even in the past, like, couple of bonus episodes I've done or any episode where I sit down by myself to kind of talk about my journey, I find myself qualifying things or justifying things or having to put a spin on it that will make it digestible and acceptable even to people that are not for me. So sorry about that. Uh, You know what's authentic? That I forget to put my phone on Do Not Disturb every single time I go to record a podcast. That is authentic. Um, Because it's real. Even though I have a note in my podcast notes, I still always forget. Um, But I was thinking about that and how... When literally the thing that I want to stand for, the thing that I want to create, the person that I want to be, what I want cohere and making meaning to be is radical self-love, radical authenticity, authenticity, (laughs) Um, but radical authenticity in a way that allows other people to show up as themselves, right? There's that saying that's getting popular 
lately that's like be someone who is so themselves that it allows other people to be themselves around you and I'm like that's what I want Cohere to be I want it to be a collective where you can show up and explore and dive deeper and I realized I was actually part of the problem, a part of the barrier, I think, of the community I was creating. Even though we're still small, um, I don't have 200 followers on Instagram. Like, this is not a large group of people, but I do believe that how you do anything is how you do everything. And actually, I don't know if I believe that. I just said that and I'm not sure now something to think about. But I do believe that, at least when it comes to this, just because they don't have a huge following, just because the podcast is still small, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't do it with the same intention that I would if I had a big following, right? It's like, that's besides the point. I would be, I'm making this content, I'm following this path, this passion, my purpose, because it is my purpose, because I feel called to, not because people are asking me to, not because there's someone out there saying, hey, you should really make a podcast. Like, no, I do think there's a little bit of uh, narcissism or self-centeredness that goes into feeling drawn to a career like this. But I'm, I'm doing it because I believe in it and I believe in the things I say. So I was sitting there editing some of my bonus episodes and just thinking about the content that I've been putting out. And I'm like, why do I have such a hesitance to just commit to what I'm saying? To just say say it with my whole chest, right? That this is what I believe. And this is the type of community I want to create. And if someone disagrees with it, that's fine. Then they won't want to be a part of the Cohere Collective, and that's okay. It's not for everyone. I'm not for everyone. And this type of content isn't for everyone either. And I think the thing that makes that so hard for me, at least on one hand, in the more public sense, is that I want it to be something that everyone can relate to. I want Cohere to be a place that any single person who comes across it is awakened by it in some sense, feels enlightened in some sense that they're like, oh my gosh, I have been living life half asleep and this, you know, shook me out of it. Like I want every single person in this world to find what sets their soul on fire. And if they hear someone talking about it, I want to believe that that will be enough to convince everyone that your purpose and your calling is worthwhile work, that you are worthwhile. And I think the sad thing is that that's not for everybody. And also, which is a little sad to me because I do want everyone to believe that what they bring to the table means something and helps us all as a collective make meaning. But I don't think everyone believes that. Truly and honestly. And so I think by me trying to make content that would appeal to quote unquote everyone, it's not made space for 
the people who really will resonate with what I'm trying to do and really make this space as safe as possible for the people who are trying to do similar work in aligning with our highest selves, in listening to our calling and chasing it, that just really owning that these are my beliefs will help other people do the same. And I do think that the more that people see you love yourself or you embrace what you believe, it gives them the confidence to do the same thing too. So in the public sense, I think I've been struggling with that and wanting Cohere's mission to be a global one, but wrestling with the tension that it can't be, right? That just because I believe that everyone's purpose and calling is there deep inside them doesn't mean that they feel it and doesn't mean that they want to pursue it. And that's okay, right? That's also a part of what Cohere and me believes in is that if you want to live your life asleep, like that's that's your call. You are allowed to do that. This is your life. While, yeah, I do think that's sad. <laughs> that sounds really harsh. But this is the episode of authenticity. I do think that's sad that there are people out there who are like that. And I think that's why I was coming at this with like trying to make it as open as it could be to any type of person that could ever come across any Cohere content. I wanted it to be able to welcome them with open arms. And that's not to say that I think moving forward or this episode won't be open or welcoming or a safe space or accepting. But I do think that it might turn some people off more now. And that's okay. So that's kind of the public side of this that I've been struggling with. I've also been really struggling with this personal sense of authenticity and what does genuinity and authenticity mean to me. I have a quote from Brene Brown as a sticker on my laptop that I look at every single day. It's been there for so long. It's literally faded. It started with black text and now it's like a light gray text. Um, And I love it. It says, authenticity is the daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. Surprise, surprise, my SD card was full, so I'm glad I got up and checked that. (laughs) But sorry for the interruption, gang. Um, But this other personal aspect of what authenticity means to me and this quote from Brene Brown, I have so many versions, and not even versions of who I think I'm supposed to be, but like elements that go into the makeup of who I think I'm supposed to be, right? Like, it's not just, oh, I think I'm supposed to be a kind person. It's kind and understanding and empathetic. And in this situation, kindness looks like this. But in this situation, kindness looks like this, right? Like, there's all of these different dimensions that make that up. And I think I struggle with wanting my to be my highest self but also with what I want my highest self to be, right? And balancing the idea of believing in self-growth and believing in becoming the best version of myself while still loving where I am now and not using self-growth or becoming the best version of yourself as an excuse to say, 
well, you need to be better. You need to do better. Th- that's actually not what a quote unquote good person would do. That's not what quote unquote you <laughs> quote unquote. That's not what you quote unquote should do, right? It's like should. What even is should based on what conception? And then it's like, okay, well, my conception of values, ethics, morals, attitude, belief, spirituality of who I believe I am meant to be and want to be. But why do I want to be something other than what I am? And I do think that there is a version of me out there that is better than who I am right now that we all have room. Well, let me take that back. Not better different and more evolved than what I am now. And I think that's really the change in the conception about this idea that I'm struggling with is that it's not about better. It's not a better version of myself. The highest version of myself is not good, more good, more valuable. Like there's there shouldn't be a value judgment on this. I am already good. I am already innately and inherently worthy, lovable, and good, right? As we all are. But knowing that I still mess up and I there are still things that I'm working on and want to grow in and like where my growth edges are, that that doesn't make me bad right now and that doesn't make that version of me good. It just makes me more evolved. It just means there's another tool in my belt. There's a new experience that colors the way I approach people and experiences and hopefully can appreciate the world in a more nuanced and complex way. But by not letting myself show up on the mic, on the camera, as my flawed version of myself right now. Like I, I'm ter- this is what it is. This is the personal thing of what it is. I'm terrified of showing up not as my highest self in a recorded format that I'm putting out publicly. That fucks with my head. And even just now, as like I, I said a naughty word, um, I'm like, how many people is that gonna turn away from my content? What does that mean about me? And why? Why does my brain go there? When I do hold this belief that me having this conversation with myself, but also you, um, is beneficial, is helpful. So I thought as I was struggling with, with this public and personal journey of authenticity, specifically how it relates to my career and my work that I want to do, I told myself, okay, we're, we're working on authenticity. We're working on being genuine. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to get on the mic. You're going to record a podcast. The next bonus episode is going to be unedited, except for the edit I just made because of my SD card. I know I'm going to want to cut that out. Sorry about that. But besides that, unedited, unfiltered, raw, talking about this experience, raw, unfiltered, unedited, raw, <laughs> like I'm an indie filmmaker. Um, but talking about this experience in as authentic of a place as I can be. It just is an exercise in practicing what I preach. Like, I so believe in that. And it's like, how dare I ask people to come to the collective with an open heart if I'm not showing up with 
an open heart? How dare I suggest that people interrogate the way they live their life if I'm not doing that? How dare I suggest that people experiment and take risks and try new things that will add new colors to the world that they see around them if I am, one, not only doing that, but now showing that community that I'm talking to about it how I'm doing that. So this is me doing that. This is an experiment with trust in myself to try and be as authentic as I can, but also in the universe in that, you know, I believe that the universe brings us the experiences that we need when we need them. They bring us the lessons and learnings that we need when we're ready to learn them. And I think this is a learning for me. I think this is a moment for me, a new experience that's teaching me something even now as I'm sitting here talking to you about it. Um, so this is b putting this out without editing and doing this. And yeah, I have a little bit of a script with like some bullet points that I want to address. But besides that, not really a script is me trying to show that I believe in taking risks, I believe in trusting the universe to bring you what you need, and I believe that when I show up authentically, that will attract the people who are my people, who are the people that will resonate with the Cohere Collective, and that if I want this to be successful, like, by my definition of success, it's not going to be successful by trying to make it for people who aren't going to get it anyways, right? There are always going to be people who just aren't going to get it. They just don't. Like, whatever it is that you do, if you're... It literally doesn't matter. I'm like, there are people who have the most normal 9-to-5 jobs, and there will be people <laughs> like me that are like, you shouldn't have a 9-to-5. Like, you need to follow your dreams and your passion. But, I mean, with all that being said, I do think that a 9-to-5 can... Um, Fulfill your passion if that's what works for you. But it's like th there will be people who think that you're simply a cog in the corporate machine. And again, pointing out at myself, I do think most people who work nine to fives are. But that's an example of that, right? But then if you're like an artist, there are going to be people that don't get the art that you make. If you're a filmmaker, there's going to be people that are like, oh, this is just a, a copy of something else or this is not pushing the bound, you know, whatever it is you're trying to make, me showing up authentically is also me not being as eloquent as I normally am, I'm now realizing, but bear with me. But whatever it is you're going to make, and for me, it's content that inspires people to live their best lives. There will always be people who don't get it. And I think I've just been fighting with wanting everyone to get it. And that's not fair to me, and that's not fair to you who I do believe gets it and wants this. <laughs> this being the Cohere Collective and the content that I make. Um, so, on to my next bullet point of my journey with authenticity, right? Um, kind of returning to Brene Brown. I read that quote to y'all earlier and I think that because I have so many conceptions of who I think I should be, it makes it really hard for me to just settle into who I am. Um, 
because so much of who I am also brings with it guilt and shame um, that I'm not good enough, that that part of myself is mean, (laughs) that that part of myself is unlovable, that that part of myself is gross and ugly and no one wants to see that. No one's inspired by someone who literally, (laughs) oh my God, this is such, this is me owning the authenticity by someone who ordered Chewy's and a whole 32 ounce of the creamy jalapeno sauce and ate the whole thing. Like that's disgusting. No one should do that. Why did I do that? (laughs) But see, even in this, as I'm talking about it, my self-judgment is still kicking in. In that moment, in trying to own something real about myself, my judgment still immediately kicked in and said, that's gross. Who knows what you out there think, right? I can't be the one to judge the things that I'm putting out there or who I am. I am not the one who judges who I am. There are too many other people judging that. My job is just to show up as who I am, not who I think I should be. I am saying this, you know, as reminders, practicing as we go. So this other Brene Brown um, quote theory that she has, um, well, it's not a theory. Well, I guess it is a theory because technically nothing can ever be proven without any doubt in a theory is just a widely agreed upon um, likely truth. So I guess this is a theory. Um, But Brene Brown says the opposite of belonging is fitting in. And the first time I heard that was probably in high school. And of course, middle and high school, all of us struggle so much with just wanting to fit in. And I was thinking about it the other day too, as I was kind of questioning myself on all of these things. And I was like, how many places have I been able to fit in? A lot. Like I'm pretty good at fitting in. Um, I've gone to over 12 schools in my entire life from first grade to graduating high school. And every single one of them, I fit in. I had a great group of friends. I was happy. I was able to find clubs and teams and organizations to be a part of, to fill my time, to feel purposeful with, and relatively well-liked. And outside of school, I found clubs and organizations and teams that I fit in. How many places have I felt like I belonged? I, I honestly don't know. You know, it's like I would like to think that I feel like I belong in my friend group right now. Um, I think I think this is one of the first times I've found true belonging. And part of it is because I am ugly around them, like emotionally ugly around them and physically ugly. around them. Um, And I feel comfortable being gross and mean and like all of the things that I think are the worst parts of myself. Um, I believe I belong in my family. I have a lot of belonging when I'm with my parents. Um, and especially with the, like, I feel like I can be the worst version of myself around my parents. And I think that I do find belonging in that. But besides that, it's like, how many places have I really felt I belonged? And that unhomeliness in spaces that 
I traverse, it's like, how can I begin to feel like I belong? And I do think the first step of that is allowing myself to show up authentically, which then allows other people, places, and groups to accept me authentically. Because if I'm not showing up as who I am to begin with, how can they accept that version of myself? How can they say, no, that version of yourself belongs? Um, And I do think that there's a balance here where no one shows up 100% authentically 100% of the time. That actually takes a lot of energy and work. But also, I don't think you should. I think that your authentic self is a gift and that's something that people earn um, and that you trust people with, right? That being true to yourself is entrusting them with your vulnerability. Um, And so you don't give that away to just anybody. You give that away to people who have proven that they are deserving of it, that they love you through that. Um, But at the same time, I don't think you can find that trust until you take the risk of that vulnerability. And I think that's why vulnerability feels vulnerable is because there will always be some inherent risk in the moment between, fine, I'm going to show up as myself and waiting to see if they catch you or let you fall, right? Like it is an emotional trust fall every time you show up authentically, but you'll never know if they catch you if you don't fall, right? Um, But... It is that balance. Um, And trying to find that balance is just really hard. My next bubble is about my shame around this and how I have so much shame around not being able to be my most authentic self because I like myself a lot of the time. I'm like, I think I'm a pretty good person. I I try really hard. I care very deeply. I feel very purpose-driven and I'm good at a lot of things. Um, And yet shame and guilt are my biggest enemies. I struggle with those almost every single day. and, and in this, why am I struggling with that? Why am I struggling up to show, struggling to show up authentically? I think part of it is my shame bumping up against what I think other people think, right? Like there's this thing that's like, oh, well, when someone reacts negatively to you, that's just their ego and it's about them and it's not about you, which I do think nine times out of 10, that's true. But for me, I think so often I'm not even getting to the point where it's someone else's ego speaking for them. I am speaking for their ego in my own head for them and predetermining how to act because of my pre-reaction of shame. Because I am so afraid of rejection in that vulnerability that someone who I might not even like, who we might be radically different people, have totally, totally, totally different values, that wall is so heartbreaking to me that 
my shame makes me prejudge their prejudgment of me. And that is so like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Convoluted, like to even go down that many, oops, sorry, I hit my water bottle, but go down that many different pathways to get to there. So I'm really starting to try and undo that because one, again, like this isn't fair to me and it's not fair to these people. Like they deserve, oh my goodness, my camera is not working with me today. Okay, I truly did set out wanting this to be um, a totally unedited episode, but then my battery pack died. I. I guess it's the universe telling me I need to take a breath. <laughs> See, now I'm doing things and thinking about how that's something I normally would have edited out, but for the sake of authenticity, for the practice of authenticity, I'm not going to, and that's okay. Um, but to pick up where I left off, it is not fair of me to even begin to conceptualize of what someone's reaction to me might be, and therefore not show up authentically like not that my authentic self is like some like ooh, she's amazing and it's such a great gift but I'm like on the other hand I do that everyone deserves to have but I'm like I do think all of us showing up authentically is a gift your authentic self is absolutely a gift And people do deserve to see that. And you deserve to be seen authentically. To witness, to bear witness to someone's authenticity is one of the rarest and most beautiful things. But to also be witnessed in your authenticity is so healing and bonding and powerful that to cut that off at the pass, man, like... I don't think that's fair to humanity or the human experience. I think that we owe more to our collective consciousness as a species, as a being, um, and as just people. Oh, truck passing by. Um, But as just a people, right? And I think when you allow other people to show up as themselves when you show up as yourself you also communicate to other people that they are allowed to show up as themselves with you which I think is really important Um, at least for me I want to be the type of person that allows other people to be their full self with me and I know that I haven't always been that person And I don't always let other people do that. But again, it's another growth edge. It's another area that I am working on evolving. Not being better at, but evolving. And another truck. Ooh, how fun. (laughs) Um, To return to this idea of the difference between fitting in and belonging, and how I do think I fit in in a lot of places, but it's really hard for me to find spaces where I feel like I belong. I think that also comes back to a lack of trust in myself 
and in the universe because if I truly trusted my authenticity and I truly trusted the universe around me to bring me the experience that I need, why am I manipulating the way I'm showing up, right? Because say I show up authentically in a situation and I am met with ridicule, backlash, like bullying, all of the things that no one wants to experience. I do believe that that would be a lesson, right? That there would be something there that would help me refine and evolve as a person, as the Reese that I want to be. Um, And by not trusting that experience, I'm cutting that experience off for myself, right? Um, I do think creativity can help us unlock from these habits that, at least for me, I I think that this um, habit of shame, habit of pretense that I have in different situations um, is very habitual. It's become something that I just do. I just turn on. And I do think that part of it is, you know, a little bit social battery. And it's like, okay, who do I want to be in this situation? Like I got to, you know, I think all of us have like a little bit of like a party ritual where it's like, okay, I'm going to a party. Like I'm going to, you know, shake out the blechs and put on the like confidence and fun vibes, right? It's like kind of a little bit that. And I think that that's a good thing. I think that it's good to have um, an awareness of the energy that you want to match in different spaces. And I think that's kind of what that is. However, I think that that's different from the not showing up authentically, because I think it's almost like a volume dial on our authenticity, right? Where even if the volume's really low, it's still you. Or if you're at a party and you are high energy, the volume might be high, but it's still that same authenticity. And that change, I don't think comes from a place of shame. I think that comes from a place of um, wanting to commune with where other people are, wanting to match the vibration that this engagement is in. Like finding the space where your authenticity, where your, <laughs> where your authenticity kind of snugly slides in comfortably into this environment. Pretending, pretense. I really like the word pretense for this because I think that's what it feels like for me. It's finding a pretense for what that should should be is when. I feel like my authenticity slips. Another part of my authenticity in this moment is these headphones are hurting my ears, where my earrings are sitting, which is not very fun. Um, And I may need to take my headphones off, even though I like having them on. Maybe I'll do this, like, cool... Do I look like a DJ? No, I probably just look really weird. (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna... I'm gonna have them here for a second. Let's see, let's see what happens. Really cool, I am a fashion icon. Um, I also think that, um, so talking about creativity being the thing that can help us kind of um, 
unlock. Sorry, this is just not going to work. <laughs> Talking about creativity being this thing that can help us unlock these um, habits that prevent us from owning our authenticity. I don't mean like sitting down and painting a picture before you go. I mean, while that actually may help and sounds really lovely, I mean, embracing situations with a creative mindset. I think so often the word creativity gets linked to fine arts and not just thinking outside of the box. When that is really truly what I mean in this situation is instead of doing your normal um, prep or routine before something or before you hang out with someone, like break out of it. Instead of responding in the way you always do, like just try something different, right? Put yourself in new environments. Um, read things you haven't read before. Watch things you haven't watched before. Like just exposing yourself to new things and then merging those new thoughts with who you are, I think is really the root of creativity in combining, like creativity is combining things that we already know with new things that we're learning. So if we're learning new things and combining it with the self that we already know, what arises in the midst of that creativity, right? And I do believe that in the sense of social creativity, of being creative authentically, letting who that is be flowing is kind of beautiful. Like, let it shift and change depending on what is authentic for you in that moment. And I think that putting a human being which is inherently expansive and creative and generative into a box that says it's never going to change defies what it means to be a human. Um, I think that's when you lose your humanity is when you have resigned to stay the same. Um, because that's not what a human being is. A human being is an ever-changing, growing um, portion of the larger, ever-changing, growing consciousness of our universe. And you being a snapshot of evolution, of science, of spirit, of math, of time, to put it into this box of well, you were mean that day. <laughs> like, it just seems so crazy. And yet I do that to myself every single day. So being uncomfortable and doing things that honor the impermanence and wildness and expansiveness of what you are at your core, I think you'll find authenticity arises because you're heading back to the root, right? Um, whatever that looks like for you. I think for some people that may also be like yoga or going for walks or, you know, all of the classic things that we all say will help. I think it's for a reason that they help. And I just hate seeing myself 
you know, do this to myself, but also other people. And I think that's part of why I was called to, ooh, there goes my dryer. Um, I think that's part of why I was called to kind of have this conversation with myself as a part of the podcast is because, yeah, I do it to myself all the time. But I think we all do. I think this is a, isn't just a me thing. I don't think it's unique to Reese Brown. Um, it may be unique to humans. I don't know. Um, but we take this magic that is inherent inside of us and whittle it down until it's easy to digest, right? Like this amorphous blob of ever-changing, growing you-ness. Like, we whittle it down until it's like an easy-to-swallow, sugar-coated pill. Um, And there may still be some of you in there, but not all of what your humanity really is. And I think so often I just catch myself forgetting. You know, that I am not that pill. Sure, it comes in handy. And I think that the, to to extend this metaphor, the whittling is a tool that we can all use because, again, not everyone is a safe person to be authentically you with. And I think there's a time and a place for someone to deserve that um, from you. But to forget that that is not who you are is really sad. I think when we do that, it has to be with the intention that I am choosing this easy to swallow version of self because it is actually honoring my true self in this moment. That that is the intention behind it here. And if that is not honoring your true self in that moment, letting go of that. Because you are a human being, right? I, I want to put my headphones back on for this bit. I read something the other day that I just... I'm also going to straighten my legs. Um, I read something the other day that was, you are a human being. You are not... Ooh, you are not meant to not take up space. You are not meant to be easy to understand. You are not meant to be quiet. You are not meant to be passive. You were born, you were created with opinions, thoughts, ideas, needs, wants, dreams, goals, ambition, drive. Like these are inherent in being a human being. So why do we spend so much of our time trying to tone those things down? Like, yes, I have needs. I am a human being. (laughs) Yes, I have wants. I am a human being. Like, the same way you need air and food and shelter, you need to be heard and seen and understood. You were born to take up space. So take it up. Right? It's like if someone finds you annoying for just being the human being that you are, it's like, okay, then clearly I'm not for you. I'm not your cup of tea. But I hope 
that that person is allowing themselves to be fully who they are. Because I bet that most people who have ever made you or me feel like I can't fully be who I am with them are people who can't fully be who they are with themselves, right? You weren't meant to be quiet. You were meant to rage and dance and scream and be loud. <laughs> Whatever loudness looks like for you, right? And I love seeing human beings be loudly themselves, right? It's like wearing bright colors and people who do crazy makeup even on a daily basis. I'm like, how sick is that? You are just living loudly as you should because what a gift to offer other people that we just walking by looking at your outfit looking at your makeup get to see your authenticity like that's really cool and that's not everyone's authenticity and maybe yours isn't visually expressed that's okay but knowing that however you express your authenticity is worthwhile at least I want to see it you know I hope you want to see your authenticity and I know that the people who truly love you want to see your authenticity but even if you're finding it hard to find people places things spaces to feel safe being authentic in, I want to see your authenticity that's what I want the Kuhir Collective to be a place where we can all just bear witness to each other's authentic journey towards purpose and I think this conversation of trying to be authentic is part of purpose. Trying to be our most true, capital T, true selves is where purpose arrives. Arrives, arises, arrives. That's actually kind of a good, maybe that was a Freudian slip. I think also another thing that I personally really struggle with in terms of talking about stuff, um, to bring it back kind of to what I was talking about at the beginning with the podcast and this company, um, is that I don't always see my own experience as a valid form of um, not justification, but like just valid, I guess. I, I don't, I think a lot of the time I'm like, okay, this is an experience I have. Now I have to research it, see if other people share the same experience, um, figure out what the scientific reason is behind it, what's the spiritual meaning of this, and then put it into an easily digestible way to communicate it to someone else. And it's like, why do I have to find other people that agree with me before I can share something, right? I have such a hard time just seeing myself as someone worth listening to just because I'm a human, right? That I have to have a higher degree. Like, I have my master's, but I'm looking at getting my doctorate because I'm like, oh, well, people are more likely to listen to someone with the letters PhD behind their name. That'll make me more worth, quote unquote, listening to. Or people who do more research or compile more of that stuff 
clearly they know more, right? And I don't think that's necessarily true. I do think that, of course, being well-educated is important. And I think getting a vast array of um, experiences from other people is super validating um, and can really support a lot of important work. And I do want that to be a part of, you know, what I end up contributing to literature at least is not just my experience but my take on this lens of experience that we all have however I have this difficulty with just saying no I believe it and that's enough you know it's like maybe that's not enough to (laughs) win over someone and in the court of law, it's probably not enough reason to publish an entire, like, scientific theory on, right? But this isn't about science. This is about the way I want to live my life. And I think that my experience is worth listening to. I think everyone has a story to tell. And mine just happens to be a really long-winded one that I'm still living, that I'm still writing, and that I want to write and share publicly. Because I think that that can help other people write and share authentically their stories too. Because you have a story to tell that's important. And it's so much easier for me to acknowledge that in other people than it is myself. So this is me adding another page or so to this chapter of my story. Um, Making this podcast a place that I really am authentic. Making Cohere a place where I show up as authentically as possible to communicate that I want to see you as authentically as possible. And honoring my story and my experience, because I think your story and experience is worth honoring, is valid, is important. That we are all innately worthy and lovable. And it's hard, man. It's hard. So much of... I think the things that hold us back come from this lack mindset, right? That the default will be not enough. There's not enough people to love me. I don't have enough love. There's not enough people to watch me. There's not enough understanding. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough education. And I think that's what terrifies me is that I am not enough. That that lack mindset extends to myself. And just to take it back again, how unfair is that of me to me and to the world around me that I truly believe we are all all here. Gosh, I wasn't expecting to get emotional about this. Um, 
I gotta, I gotta get serious and <laughs> cross my legs. Um, we are all a part of something so much bigger than ourselves. And I think that if you're listening to this, um, you feel that too. You know what I'm talking about. That call for something more, to something more, to be something more, to be a part of something more. And you already are. Um, being a human being in this world means you are a part, an infinite part of an infinite universe. <laughs> And I think I'm, I'm just, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm just scared. The world is a scary place. Um, I'm scared that there might not be somewhere, someone out there listening. I'm scared that people don't think their story is worth telling. I'm scared of all of the stories that we've lost. I'm scared of the stories that we're constantly losing. And I'm scared that there are people that aren't living lives as who they are. So my SD card that I traded out got full too. Um, <laughs> so I have my third one in. Um, so sorry about that. This is really a lot of edits for a video I wasn't planning on editing. Um, but kind of tile this back together. This lack mindset, I think it comes from a place of fear. A fear that our story isn't enough, our story isn't worth telling. I mean, for me, I'm afraid that people aren't listening to my story, that I won't be successful at this. That even though I feel in my bones, the importance of human beings living life with purpose, that other people don't feel that too. Even though I know that you're out there and I know that you do, there's still that, but what if? And that, that is fear. It, it is fear telling me that I am not enough. There is not enough. But there is. And you are enough. And I am enough. So I think our next step is just to focus on how we can create belonging. Not fitting in, but belonging for the people around us, for ourselves, for the world at large. And I think the opposite of fear is acceptance. Not just of ourselves and each other but of the fear of saying, yeah, I'm terrified, but bring it on. And, and that truly is what this episode is for me, is th this has been really scary, honestly, to sit down here and talk about the things that I think I haven't been doing so well. Um, as silly as that sounds, right? Like, there's so many other more important things out there. And there I go again, justifying. But it's true. There are so many other um, 
much more pressing um, issues and fears and problems that need addressing. But I think when we start addressing these difficulties and fears within ourselves, ourselves, it does have a trickle effect. It will impact the way we treat one another. And when that happens on a small scale, it grows. It grows. So, I hope you've enjoyed this. I have. I also haven't. It's been difficult. But worthwhile. And I would love to know your thoughts. Thank you all so so much for listening if you are still here thank you for listening to me ramble um making meetings the music was produced by tristan morgan and you can find him on instagram at tristan morgan um making meaning and the cohere collective's art and podcast cover was created by nicole o striker and you can find her on instagram at nicole o creates or nicole o designs again please subscribe to the youtube channel like this video leave me a comment down below subscribe on apple podcasts or spotify leave me a five star rating give me a review i truly read them all all a few of them that I've gotten so far, but I do. Um, and I really, really appreciate and love all of them. Well, right now I am feeling how I just talked about. Um, I'm feeling authentic. I'm feeling pretty authentic, y'all. I am, it's almost that feeling of like coming out of a haunted house. She says as though she's been in a haunted house before. She hasn't. But I assume it's what it would feel like being on the other side of a haunted house where like you just did something so scary and so it's almost like this relief that you did it and it's like, yes, I did it, I'm through it. But also like just residual, like your heart's still beating kind of fast and so it's like, whoa, I'm not totally like over that yet but I have this sense of relief too. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, and I'm feeling authentic. Um, so maybe this is something we can all work on together. Again, thank you for being here. And I hope you feel like you are living more coherently. Until next time, so, so much love.